March 21, 2019. It's a lot from Pedro Show. Thank you. 
Live from Pedro Show. Happy Thursday. I'm starting a tour tonight, people. Strong Beach. Strong Beach. With Mike uh, Baguetta and Stephen Hodges. It's only 10 gigs. It's a little mini tour. I made an album with... uh, Well, I'll talk more about it further in the show. Uh, What's really important is uh, Brother Matt has got pneumonia. So I'm at my pad. Everybody send him flowing big fucking time. Well wishes, please. I love that man. And to hear his voice on the phone just a little while ago. You know, Brother Matt's big, strong dude, man. And I know this motherfucker is on him. Almost killed me 22 years ago. And in fact, me and my guests were just talking about this. Had somebody's yanking on the leash. I hear John Colton. My leash guy plays uh, Love Supreme when somebody's yanking. Uh... Yeah, through the wonders, miracles of those engineers who brought us Skype from Estonia. I, I'm not a uh, man alone. In fact, I uh, got with me. Uh, what, what, you're you're on the east side of the river? I am. I'm in New no, Jersey. No, you, you are. You are. And so you're in Manhattan or uh, Brooklyn? I'm on the... I'm not, no, I'm on the west side. I'm on, you're the, on west the west side. side. I am, I am in New Jersey. Because we were just talking about Jersey City yep. and, uh, and places to play and great radio station uh, WFMU is that right yep absolutely I, I actually live a little deeper into the uh, suburbs here a town called Montclair New Jersey and uh, but spend a lot of time down in Hoboken and Jersey City and know it really well people welcome aboard Matt Davis thank you good to be here okay and we start off with a little Melanie John Coltrane Miles Davison right after that the latest prize you got going, the Campfire Flies, yeah. way, way back. And let's go, Matt, way, way back. Yeah. What's your f- oldest musical recollection? Well, I'm uh, I'm an oops baby. Uh, I wasn't supposed to be here. I'm seven years younger than my next oldest brother, and I have a sister who's 10 years older and a brother who's 14 years older as well. So well, you it was know, I got, a buddy named, uh, I got a buddy named Bob... Styers, and he he was in that situation, but he said he was called a martini baby. <laughs> Have you ever heard yeah, of that? Uh, I I I see where it's going, and I'm <laughs> sure that was involved, no doubt. But it's like an oopsie baby, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. In nineteen, I was born in nineteen sixty six. I don't think my mom was thirty five, thirty six, and I at, at those days that was pretty old to be having a baby. I think it was probably scandalous. <laughs> But uh, so I have these older siblings, and they they were all big music fans. They had a stack of forty fives. Probably my, I think my earliest memories would be of a maroon like plastic flip top uh, little record player and playing those forty fives. I remember being. Uh, I remember the label, the Kamasutra label. Now I know it's a Kamasutra label, but I remember Summer in the City. That was the one I really, really liked to spin a lot. And I, I I couldn't have been more than three years old, so. Yeah, so it wasn't your record. No, 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 I dug into theirs. Your parents, okay, and uh, they have a big collection? Uh, My parents, no, that was my siblings. My siblings' collection was uh, I was into. My parents' collection, my parents were pretty musical, but they were... were, Yeah, you were saying they were much older, yeah, okay. Yeah, my parents, my parents are, 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 we're on the square side, love them to death, but uh, they, you know, I think their their cutting-edge records were things like the high-lows, which I, I love the harmony, but it wasn't really setting me on fire that's for sure a lot of classical music a lot of choral music from my parents they actually they actually met in high school when they were both in high school choirs they actually, that's how they met 
and uh, oh, so, they, so were, they were kind of musicians. Yeah, yeah, they were. They definitely had music in their lives, and it wasn't how they made their living. But I think every member of my family has uh, music very close to them. That's for sure. I probably do the most of it, but uh, well, Matt, let yeah. me ask you this: Was there instruments in the pad? Oh yeah, yep. Uh, I think uh, I, there was a piano in the in the living room. And we all took lessons. I don't remember their lessons. They were older, but I, I remember being forced to take piano lessons. And I, I'm, I'm actually really, really glad that I did. Uh, I, I can find my way around a keyboard now, but I, I don't know. I, I, I love the way the piano keyboard just lays it out in front of you. I mean, the math of it, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all there. It's right in front of you, and you can start to see the relationships between notes. So while I, I was not a fan of, of taking those lessons early on and all the practice and the scales and stuff. I, I really, really, really appreciate it now. Uh, I also died. Well, you know, I've had a lot of basically reason I have guests on because I want to learn about their music journey. And a lot of people have right. this experience and, you know, being forced into piano lessons. And yep. it seems like the common thread about hating it or uh, into it was the teacher. Yeah, I think that's true. Well, what, remember what, his, what about your switch? God, I'm trying to remember his last name. His first name was Mike, actually. Okay. I can't remember his last name. <laughs> Visually, in my mind, he looks like Grandpa from the Munsters. Uh, Al, uh, Al Smith? Oh, right. Is that his name? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, he was and, and, run for know, office and stuff. He kept going after that show. He did, yeah. He's a character. You see his face in all sorts of things. Yeah. But my my piano teacher was, yeah, I think he was probably pretty typical. I mean, it was rudimentary stuff, and and it just it wasn't turning me on because this is now you know 1974, 75. I'm starting to listen to AM radio more, and you know that that's the sort of stuff that's more interesting to me than scales. And like a lot of kids, if it's not coming to you fast, I think you get disappointed and think you can't do it. Where a little bit of hindsight, you can see the you know, value. Thinking about that era, he could have taught, uh, taught you some Elton Juan. Yeah, th- exactly. If someone, <laughs> if you showed me, I like Saturday Man Night. It's all right for fighting. Crocodile Benny Rock, in the one fucking of those. Jets. <laughs> Absolutely, Crocodile Rock. I, I, oh, I, I love that song. That's for sure. Teacher, I need you. That whole record. That, yeah. That see, that would have been the idea, but. It wasn't what I was getting. It okay. was. Uh, what was the scales. first record you bought for yourself, man? <laughs> oh, TV advertising got me. I, I got Goofy Greats, a KTEL collection, probably around the same time, 1974, 75. Uh, what was the I first remember it had it. Yeah, it was like Itsy Bitsy, Teeny Weeny, Yellow Polka Dot Alley Oop, those sorts of songs. It was all the novelty Alley-oop hits. Alley Oop is uh, Kim Fallon. Right. What, uh, what was the first gig you went and saw? Oh, I, I saw lots of uh, musical theater and, and, and sort of uh, classical music and, you know, classical music for kids sorts of things when I was very young. But uh, it was Kiss and Maple Leaf Gardens, 1979. That was my first concert. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in school. Were you in the choir or the school yep. band, the marching band, that shit? No band, no marching bands in school, but I definitely did. Uh, I started out in school choirs in elementary school, yeah. And uh, But I, I think, you know, 
prior to being in bands, my best musical training, and this goes, you know, this is after guitar lessons, and this is after piano lessons and all that, I sang in a uh, sort of a chamber choir in high school, public high school in Connecticut, and uh, that ear training and, you know, being able to sight read melody and, and parts and stuff like that, that was probably, and just a great conductor, the, the best musical training I had, I think, by far. Well, uh, what about the thing where you, after school, in the bedroom, the basement, yeah, garage, that right. kind of stuff? Well, so you mentioned school, guitar. What got you on guitar? Well, I think listening to records got me on guitar. Finally, I got my parents to believe that I, it's really guitar lessons that I want. <laughs> and, and uh, But, of course, they still don't quite get it, and I get the classical guitar, which, again, I love a good nylon string guitar. They're, they're lovely, and they get me classical guitar lessons. And, again, you know, I, I, I'm now starting to think about talking to girls, listening to Kiss records. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not – I don't want to be Segovia, you know. I, uh I was looking for, yeah. So I got. I, I eventually There's got. There's a lot of grunting and uh, squeaking. What's that? I, if you, I don't know if you've listened to Andre Segovia records. There's a lot of grunting and squeaking. Oh really? Yeah. I haven't listened to any Segovia in a while, but he <laughs> he is getting into it. He gets into it. I'm into it. Um, yeah, but I can I can relate. Ah. They're they're the, yeah parallel universe. It's all music, but yep. Especially when you're a kid. And peer yeah, pressure is really heavy. Thing. Look, I'm going to play this tune here if your eyes are closed. If your eyes are closed, it doesn't matter if the lights are on. If your eyes are closed, doesn't matter if it's dusk or dawn I can answer any question you want to put to me But if your eyes are closed, I can't help you see And if your eyes are closed, it doesn't matter how smart you are And if your eyes are closed no matter where you go, you won't get far I could tell you any fable you want to hear from me But if your eyes are closed, I can't help you see You've got to get him out of your head, out of your heart, and out of your bed You're under his thumb and he's under your skin, get him out of your let yourself back in Cause if your eyes are closed You'll never see these outstretched eyes And if your eyes are closed You'll never follow me away from harm Looking in the mirror You know it's not a crime But if your eyes are closed It's just a waste of time
back in Cause if your eyes are closed You'll never see these outstretched eyes And if your eyes are closed You'll never follow me away from harm Looking in the mirror You know it's not a crime But if your eyes are closed It's just a waste of time
southern trees bear strange fruit, blood on the leaves and blood at the root, black bodies swinging. In the southern breeze, strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees.
just heard I'm not changing my mind by the campfire flies before that Lorne with stuck in the system graph ahead of that with pipeline but it ain't the Dick Dale kind of version mm. Mm. no this is the Dutch what do they call it power violence it's hard <laughs> for me to yeah keep track of all the different kinds of uh, subgenre yeah. It's the difference between shred, hardcore, and power violence. <laughs> Crust. <laughs> you know, things like this. Okay, Taff, I'll go ahead of that with uh, Billy Holiday, Strange Fruit, from his new record. Hi-Fi Club from France, for Toulon, France. Uh, J'ai des sous les vents. Guided by voices, Bob Pollard with his 102nd album. <laughs> <laughs> this guy... 
Windshield Wiper Rex. Whack, whack, keeped up ahead of that out of Berlin with Sugar Pills. South London, Crushed by Pips at, Kest, at Keston Park. And we started all off with If Your Eyes Are Closed by the Campfire Flies. There it was. That name is right here. Uh, okay. What about the first time you played in front of people in a band or something? Oh, boy. Well, you were doing uh, recitals I, with the choir, right? Yeah, exactly. So th- I had that. Uh, but the first band that I uh, I actually did was uh, more gag band than anything uh, to sort of try to break up the monotony of, you know, Battle of the Bands in high school where everyone was, I mean, the most complicated, they're playing Siberian Katrub or, or they're playing some Journey song. So we decided, well, let's play some obnoxious music. And, uh, yeah, we called ourselves the Intercorpses because, you, you know, it's mandatory to get death and sex into the name. And, uh, yeah, uh, we did not win the Battle of the Bands. Uh, and, and it was covers, you know. It was, uh, I think we played Anarchy in the UK, which is kind of <laughs> for suburban U.S. kids to be playing and, and trying to take use, seriously. Did you use English accent? No, no English accent. Yeah, I asked because I had to do some class songs for some benefit stuff. And they got this one. I, I don't really know a lot of their stuff. But, uh, the first record I know, the, the singles. Right. So I played stuff off there. Then there's one tune called Garage Land. But they say Garage Land. And I just felt weird. It's like when uh, people say spot on or cheers or shit. It's like top shelf. Up in Boston, they'll still say garage. Huh? Boston, they'll still say garage. There's still places here they'll say garage. (laughs) Freaks. So it's not affectation with that letter A, is it? No, man, yeah, probably not. That's what I thought the Circle A was about, get totally affected. <laughs> no, no, no. So, uh, was it scary? Um, Gosh, you know, I'm, you know I, I don't think it was particularly, I mean, you're only, I, yeah, you're putting yourself out there, but it wasn't, right. we weren't singing our own songs, we didn't have to take it too seriously, I don't remember being too scared. What about outfits? I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I had on a Mao shirt, probably, maybe a torn shirt, uh, probably with some jam style uh, graffiti on it saying Youth Explosion or something like this, you know. <laughs> well, like when but, you wrote uh, on yourself? Yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah, we Burned did that too. Me and D. Boone yep. did that. Georgie, I mean, yeah. Georgie had with him wife beater uh, t- uh, tops, and he wrote on it Malice. But he r- started the M too far. On the starboard side, so it looked like Alice. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the first pictures we took for the Minutemen. Uh, nice. Interesting. And, uh, so so how did, where'd your journey go with music from there? So, yeah, I, I didn't end up doing much uh, more music in high school. Then in college, I was uh, went to college up in western Massachusetts, in Amherst, Massachusetts, and started playing in bands a couple of years into college. I was doing a lot of theater at the time, too, but I, I found that I, I just was drawn more to music because now I started writing my own songs. I was playing electric guitar at this point, and it just felt more invested. I, I felt like I, I, I was finding a place, and I had a band started in, uh, in Amherst uh, around 1987 called uh, The Vestrymen. And right. we yeah, played out. Tune. Of- We're going to play that a little later in the show. 
Yeah, so we ended up opening for you guys. I don't know if you, you, you've had many years on the road, so no doubt this is lost to the mists of time, but we opened for Firehose probably 91. It must have been 90 or 91 at a place called Pearl Street in Northampton. I remember, I played there uh, times. Oh, it was a big deal for me. I, I'd seen you guys, oh boy, I feel like I'd seen Firehose sometime in the late 80s. I missed seeing the Minutemen. But uh, I saw Firehose sometime late 80s, maybe at the Blue Wall in UMass, maybe. I can't remember. But, yeah, it was a it was such a huge deal for us to be opening for you guys. We got to play with all sorts of people. And I, I think I have vague recollections also. Uh, you know Byron Coley? Of course. Yeah. So Byron, we were good friends. I think he's still living in West Idol. Mass. Yeah, he is. Yep, he's up there. Hatfield. but uh, Or North Hadley. But he, family, I, right. I, I, I know I met, I know, you know, Thurston and Kim used to be at his house quite a bunch. I'd see them. That was before they, they lived up there. We played softball and a softball team together. And I, for some reason, I thought maybe you turned up at one of those games, but maybe not. I lived on the East Coast till I was, you know, nine. I came here when I was nine. Right. So, uh, Northeast, I lived a little bit because there was a nuclear. GE had a plant in Schenectady. Because hmm. my, my pop was training. We had to get a nuclear navy up quick. So, right. Uh, well, and that's what he did. He was in the on the in the nuclear side of things with the navy. He was a machinist mate, and uh, oh. yeah, he wasn't on submarines, but uh, a couple of boats. Nuke boats, Long Beach uh, Enterprise, and then he huh. worked on a subtender that worked on them, but he didn't want to go underwater. But the uh, Schenectady yeah. is near, uh, you know, Albany and that area. Yeah, that's up Troy, and that's up there, right? It's yeah. pretty landlocked. So, so that's that's uh, kind of the closest I live by you. So yeah, you wouldn't have seen me play baseball. Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. But well, I, yeah. that's kind of what's in between, though. Uh, uh, Byron and Sonic Youth, and then you. In some West Mass. Well, so yeah, I mean, li- living up in in uh, in Amherst at that time, so, you know, I-, I was a transplant there to go to college, yeah. and uh, but uh, one of the the bass player in the best room, a guy named Timo Timo Lipping, had uh, oh Timo, the guy Amherst who plays region. with uh, like Yukahanda and those people. No, no, well, no, no, no. One. But okay. he did play with uh, the Nakajima brothers at various times. I think okay. uh, he, uh, but he went to high school. A little bit. I think he's a year or two younger than uh, than Jay Mascus, but they all knew each other in high school. But the vestrymen, sort of like the posies would have been in Seattle in the early '90s, the vestrymen were a more of a guitar jangle pop band in a town that was becoming known for Dinosaur Junior and uh, Buffalo Tom. Obviously, Pixies came out of uh, UMass too, so we were sort of the <laughs> the 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 namby pamby music coming out of a louder town, <laughs> but we had a good run. We were uh, put our records in ninety ninety three. Called it quits in ninety four. And why? Was, why? Why did you call it quits? Uh, for me, it was the age of twenty seven, which I know later in life people said, "Well, age of twenty seven is a rock person. You've either got to die or or quit." <laughs> and I. I, I didn't realize at the time, it, but I don't know, it, it was some kind of moment in my life when I just couldn't face getting in the van anymore. I don't think the band, I think we're all friends now, but I think we were sick of each other at the time. Too much time together, sleeping on floors. Familiarity breeds contempt, I heard yeah. someone once say. Yep. 
yeah, you certainly know all about the Econoline van. <laughs> so uh, I just walked away from it and ended up uh, starting to work with computers and uh, started a family. Um, so it and, wasn't just leaving the band. You quit. Yeah, music. no, I walked away from music yeah. pretty much entirely. I played a so little bit. So we can't blame music. the guys for everything. Yeah, no, no. It was. I would say ninety percent of it was on me. Absolutely, I, I changed. You know, there are developmental psychologists who will talk about adolescence ending around twenty-seven and big changes coming on, and I, I, I certainly look like a candidate for that theory. Um, it but it was about a decade later that well, 27 I twenty-seven wasn't hard because, well, yeah, it's all it was all hard because I was such an idiot, but. <laughs> I was only 28 for two days when D. Boone got killed. Oh, so it was a hard time for me. Yeah, that's hardest, yeah. hardest, hardest, hardest ever. I remember the news of that rippling through my own scene up in Amherst. Uh, well, his birthday's <laughs> coming up. I, I never want to think about that fucking day, but uh, his ber- birthday is going to be. It's April 1st. Right. Okay. Wow, his birthday is April Fool's Day. Yeah, <laughs> for real. So it's coming up in a couple of weeks. So uh, All right. that's okay. when I like to think of. Look, uh, look man, it's uh, at the end of the first hour of the March 21, 2019 edition of the Watt for Pedro show. Oh, by the way, happy spring. <laughs> we had the yes. equinox yesterday. Special guest, Matt Davis. Hold tight for hour two. March 21, 2019, it's the second hour of the Watt Pedro Show. Yeah. 
Bože! Bože! Sješ, neka mi neše u korpama. Jel' me upozorim? Jel' me upozorim ako zaspijem? Upozorim me! Upozorim me ako zaspijem!
For Pedro right. Show, started the second hour off with the campfire flies waiting to shine. Then pull anchor, brand new waterings crew. This, uh, yeah, from Croatia, Sexa in the mm. 80s, too. Scrivani Magrom, other live stuff from uh, Trobakova, Kushne, Pesci. And then the fiction after that, like Josh Fischel. Kingdom. Begetta, Keltner, and Watt. Okay. This might Begetta, Jim Keltner. Last year, uh, one day in North Long Beach at uh, Big Ego Studio, uh, I was invited to join these two guys. And, uh, you know, it was my first time meeting Mike Begetta. Actually, meeting Jim Keltner, too, but I knew all about his work. Oh, my God. And so, talking about being scared. And this is Mike doing. Blue Velvet, uh, you know, everybody knows this song, but uh, him by himself. But we did a whole album, and Mr. Keltner's a little older, so he's not touring so much. And that's Steve Hodges is going to take his place. That's what I'm doing tonight at Fingerprints. Now, Steve Hodges uh, played drums on my first opera, Contemplating the Engine Room. So kind of re- hmm. reuniting us 20 years later. It's very nice. Yeah. Like, we get it. We're going to do these 10 gigs. M-I-K-E-B-A-G-G-E-T-T-A dot com if you want more info. Then we had deletions out of Philly with Merciless Bronze. The Odes, that's Ted Milton uh, from uh, Blurt with Can't Beat Blim. And finally, go back to your heart. The Campfire Flies. So let's talk about the Campfire Flies. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, these are some fucked up times we're living in. If, uh, it's a podcast, I guess I can say fucked up. These are some fucked up times we're living in, and, and I'm really it ain't that. happy. Other people call yeah. it that. I don't call my show that. No? Oh, that's right. <laughs> a company doesn't we'll even it. make that fucking device. <laughs> it's an MP3 <laughs> file that can be played on many an different MP3, devices. A streaming MP3 show, yes. Gotcha. You don't even have to stream. You can download the motherfucker. That's right. Okay. That's right. But so uh, I'm sorry in these for crazy times, it's really good for me to be making some very organic and it's quiet, but it's it's important music with some very good friends. It just feels like the right time to be doing this. My, my, yeah, I, but I when you get started, to, Matt. How to get started. Yeah, when, well, I'm an import when, here. When? when? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I said, when did it get started, Matt? 
Oh, the camp fireflies. Yeah. Uh, about two years ago. Okay. Uh, I uh, the, these are all musical friends of mine from here in northern New Jersey. Uh, John, Tony Baumgartner, and Ed Seifert all play in Speed the Plow, which uh, you know grew out of the Tripes, which are they're all Haldon and North Haldon, New Jersey bands in the Feely sphere. Though they're, they're one big family, all the Feelys people. And uh, also uh, John Freed, Dina Shoshkis, uh, who played in Hoboken in the 80s in a band called The Cucumbers. And I'd met all these people over the last decade or so doing my own music under a band called The, the Thousand Pities. And we all became good friends. And about two years ago, uh, a show sort of came, came around uh, where we all sort of found ourselves on stage together without a drum kit, and it's um, acoustic guitars and mandolins and banjos and accordion. <laughs> well, the, we, we do make the one concession we make is we don't haul an upright bass around. We do have an electric bass on stage, but it's all it's all warm human music. And and I like I was saying earlier, it's it's just important to me to be making that kind of music right at this moment in time when. You can't turn on a TV or a radio or whatever and not just feel like everything is fake out there. Well, so between your band, you leaving your band at 27, yeah. and now is Camp Fireflies the first music? No, no. So, all right, I'll back up a little bit for you. About, about 10 years after I quit the band, now we're talking... 2007 or so, I really started to get the itch again. Oh, okay. And I, I firmly believe that, you know, if you... If you need to make music, you need to make music. And it doesn't matter if you're making money at it or whatnot. You have to find music, time for music. Make space for those muscles in your life, you know? Sure. And my wife was always writing. She was like, why aren't you playing some music? And I'm sitting around, I'm gaining weight, and I'm grouchy. And I finally took her advice, and I started playing again, started writing again, and I was working on the computer at this time because in those intervening years, all of a sudden it became affordable to be able to have a decent sounding recording system in your own home. Uh, I ended up uh, putting together a band called the thousand pities with uh, a bunch of good friends, including a guy named uh, Michael Carlucci, who was the guitar player in another New Jersey band called winter hours. I don't know if you remember winter hours. Sure. Yep. And, uh, my, my old friend Billy Donahue, who uh, had been in the vestryman on keyboards, on, on uh, Hammond and piano. Um, thousand Pities? The Thousand Pities, exactly. And it, uh, it was good. And, it, and it's been great. It's still a band that's, you know, it's out there and there's more Thousand Pities material to come. Yeah, but, but you didn't send me any. Uh, I didn't send you any, really. I'm, I, I am remiss. But you did send uh, uh, send me some ambivalent brothers, some cucumbers, oh. and some vestrymen. We're going to listen oh. to that right now.
inches from the ground And I knew that I was going down I don't know why I know you're gonna be 
Lot from Pedro show. You just heard Needle Drop doing Space Cadets 2.0. Before that, the Ambivalent Brothers make me cry. The cucumbers with musicians I know. And started all off with the Vestry Men backyard. Now I heard you mention cucumbers and mm-hmm. Vestry Men. Yep. Well, what's what about Ambivalent Brothers? Ambivalent Brothers. One of my bandmates, Ed, Ed Seifert, who now plays in. Uh... Uh, both speed the uh, speed the plow and the campfire flies. Uh, that that was a band of his from the late nineties. I, I forget what I forget which song we sent you, but uh, yeah, he's a talented songwriter. It's probably one of the songs he did with a guy named George Usher. Okay. He possibly wrote it with George Usher. That's I know Ed's Ed's a, Ed is sort of prolific. I uh, it makes me feel terrible because he's always sending me a yeah. MP3 well, of a new you, song. You you should send him. Uh, you know. The list of records Bob Pollard's made. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Uh, that'll, be, that'll be a humbler. Did you ever, uh, yeah, Kevin March, who's playing, who's the current drummer in Guided by Voices, also lives here in town. And I know they tracked a bunch of the new record in my friend Ray's studio, Magic Door Studio, here in town. So, something about a Zeppelin. Yep. <laughs> yep. But there's also a Boston Spaceship Prod he's got, too. So Boston. Yeah, he, he works with Massachusetts people. That drummer's good. I got to play uh, on the same bill as them maybe a year and a half ago here in huh. Pedro. Yeah, nice guy. Huh. Uh, all the guys, uh, Doug on the guitar and Mark. Right. Yeah, great cats. Uh, what about, uh, well, Vestryman? That, that was an early band, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's the band that I, I was in up in... Uh up in Western Massachusetts, late 80s, early 90s. Right, uh, right. The band that, that uh, uh, played with Fire Rose a couple of times. We were, uh, you know, it was... It was what, Pearl it was, Street, now there's two places you could play. Uh, I think I only played upstairs once. Yeah. It was always downstairs. Exactly, it was downstairs. It was definitely downstairs. I'm going to be in your town next week, or or that town, not your town. Yeah, you're going to be at the Iron Horse, aren't Iron you? Iron Horse, yeah. Which I've played before. Yeah, I'm 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 going to try and get to the Coney Island Baby uh, show next. I think it's Saturday night. Yeah, that's, that's right. I, I love. I think I that's the last gig of the tour. Record. Yeah, it's a great record. I love it. Oh, you most kind. And, uh, yeah, and well, uh, it, I, cucumbers. What are the cucumbers? Is in uh, cucumbers. They're part flies. of that early first wave Hoboken scene. You know, the, I think they started out in Hoboken around 1980, 81 with the bongos and the feelies and the tripes and, uh, and all the rest, uh, around that Maxwell scene. And, and Dina and John, her husband, uh, who are both in the campfire flies are just two. Uh, they are, there's certain people who sort of radiate light from within. Yeah. Not really sure how they do it. They are just without being, Without you know, you can also meet people where it doesn't feel right. That but these two people are just the nicest and most genuine humans uh, you could possibly meet. And the Cucumbers were their first band. They I think they they're college sweethearts and they've been together for a long time. Okay. Uh, what what about this name, Campfire Flies? Camp Firefly. I, I remember in Virginia. Yes, we had Right. So the, uh, my, uh, there's mixed reviews on the name, and I I I, I like it because I think it evokes. Well, where did it come from, Matt? Where did it come from? 
Oh, that was nothing more than a brainstorming session with the band. There were a lot of names being tossed around. I can't remember. I'm sure there was a list. I'm sure there was voting. Voting. I think at a certain point it became, well, are we camp fireflies or are we camp fireflies? And it ended up being the latter. So it's campfire flies. Very important. These are important distinctions when you're uh, in a band, of course. Yeah, okay. Kind of hard to say. Yeah, well, rubber, uh, rubber yeah, baby buggy bumpers. Rubber, but I can I understand in a way what you were saying about warm because you, yeah, you got an electric bass maybe, but a lot of stuff is kind of old timey. Yeah, it's, it is kind of old timey. It's it's I've always sort of wanted to make a Sunday morning record. You know, <laughs> one of those records that you you're a little bit frazzled. You don't want to upset stuff too much, so you put on something mellow. You might put on. A certain jazz records you might put on too, well, isn't or you there, might. Isn't on, there a Velvet Underground song called Sunday Morning? Sunday Morning, sure. Yep. Let's put that yeah. one on. Hey, we're at the end of the second hour, March 21, 2019 edition of the Waff Pedro Show. Special guest, Matt Davis. Hold tight for hour three. March 21, 2019, it's the third hour of the Waff Pedro Show.
Western medicine relies on the fact that I do my dancing private Jerry Once in the bathroom I was attacked by the insectors to be higher than the slime in the chat room's handheld nets You're through the butter like a transformed Eddie No right to cover from a ballroom bed No use better from a constant scanning headlight Sit to do my alternating there 
time after time I nod Never doubt that I near my choice is illuminating One blue smile so sustained still yet One more reaction so it's nauseating No rush coming from a barroom vet No use running from a constant scanning headline
March 21, 2019. It's... I already said that. <laughs> Sorry about that. Still that day. Okay. Start off the third hour with Lost My Place's Small Town, Campfire Flies. After that, Henry Kaiser with Fred Frith doing Three Languages. Then Glow Blamp, after that with Shala Love. She was on the show a couple weeks ago. Midwestern Medicine with Urgent Opening. I think they're actually from Portland, Maine. And then finally Crane out of Idaho. Unipip. National Debt. Low. L-O-W. Okay, so where did you record this album? Uh, a couple of different places and then with overdubs and home studios. But the, the, the basics... We're all cut uh, at a, I've forgotten the name of the guy, but he's in Bang on a Kang, and he's got a uh, basement studio down the Lower East Side, sort of near Chinatown, Manhattan. And uh, yeah, we got, I think, nine of the 11 basic tracks cut in a, in a single day. And it's a different sort of a thing than, you know, there's not a lot of isolation, right? We're sitting in a circle uh, and, and just letting the letting the music bounce off of one another. You that, was, remember, that was a refreshing. You don't remember the name of the studio? Oh, it may actually be Bang on a Can Studio. I, I will have to look that up for you, and we'll have to, uh, you know, beam it back to the people later. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to give <laughs> the cat credit because if you got, I know, I if know, you got nine to eleven songs. Somebody was doing some yep. good work. Yep. No, he, he did a great job. His name is Ron Friedman. He uh, he's he's a really talented engineer. I, I knew him from. Uh, he worked on like the Dan Zane's kids records, which all were fabulous sounding. Again, warm, warm acoustic records, very similar. He did great work with the engineering. We also did a couple of tracks at Storybook Sound out here in New Jersey, Maplewood, New Jersey. Scott Anthony's studio. He does mastering and tracking there. It's it's a wonderful studio. We did two of the songs there, and uh, the rest of the overdubs. Just you know, a lot of the vocals and a couple bits of bits and pieces of percussion. Uh, came later but it really is it, it's got a we're really going for a very natural warm you're sitting in the room with a sound yeah and then like you said overdubs and stuff after but well what about those other two what the, you you actually spent two days there no we we spent the one day and banging a can and then we had these we, we you know we got as much done as we could but at a certain point, we were just the productivity sure, sure. was gone, so we, we abandoned so ship so, at that point. Two two of the songs have no bang on a cannon. Okay, right, I, exactly. They I were done it. at this other. And what was it? Other man, like you were saying, sense. shit like uh, uh, that's one of my songs. So so you didn't write all the songs. People brought in their own songs. Nope. Yeah, that's that's another thing I love about this group, as opposed to any other I've been, where I've sort of been the primary songwriter and singer. Uh, this this group has. Six people who can sing, uh, all can play multiple instruments. Four of us are songwriters, uh, and, and and a lot of people who just sort of take naturally to some pretty close harmony, which is something that uh, I, I I just never had the chance to do. I told you I, back in high school, I really loved harmony singing. I, I I love it. It just feels great. And this is this project's the first one I've been involved in where we could really work on that. And everyone's got contributes their own. Stuff it it just fits really organically. I've been a happy, happy, so, happy. So Matt, person. Matt, let's fucking list the members. Give them credit. Okay. So from uh, hailing from North Hailden, New Jersey, we have John and Tony Baumgartner. 
they are the sort of core of a band called Speed the Plow, which uh, has been around in various formations since the mid-'80s, um, grew out of the tripes, like I said earlier. Uh, Ed Seifert uh, is also in Speed the Plow. He plays with Young Wu as well, who I'm going to see Young Wu and Yola Tengo. In a couple weeks or in a few weeks down in Asbury, uh, Young Wu's another Feelys offshoot band. Ed Seifert's a prolific and wonderful songwriter and, a, and just a, a human who would give you the shirt off his back, one of those all around good guys. And then Dina Shoshkis and John Freed, the folks we talked about from the Cucumbers, uh, just beautiful people. And uh, Dina's songwriting and voice are, are brilliant. Uh, and then there's little old me. Great. I want to play some Speed the Plow.
it just like metal Conspiracy was really no protection Above the stars arrayed like they're in heaven I might let go till I have to I might going out through the window Crazy, remembering the time he felt the same way. Couldn't bring it back if I wanted. It couldn't be the same. Too much has changed. I'm not letting go till I have to. I'm not going out through the window Kelder, yeah, right. Mike McGinnis, good guys. So I was feeling a little pressure, but that was not from them. That was from myself. Uh, sure. People ask music for this edition. Said and done from Speed the Plow. And after that, Echo Test with Feck You Up. A.B. Normal, Interstellar Dreams, it's Phil Up and Big Bear.
Spain, Charlie Hayden's son Josh with The Coming of the Lord. Finally, John's song, The Campfire Flies. Did John write that? It's about his dad. Yeah, John Baumgartner wrote that. It's about his dad, John Sr. Okay. What's your mm-hmm. plans, Matt, with The Campfire Flies? Uh, you know, keep playing some music on the... Uh, the 31st last day of the month the night after your coney island baby we'll be in jersey city at a place called fox and crow for the record release party and we have a bunch of things lined up going into june and i should have had that listed in front of me of course but uh we have the right. where can the, people, the where can people find you on the internet the campfireflies.com is probably the simplest place spell or, it out. Um, we're on spell it out oh t-h-e C-A-M-P-F-I-R-E-F-L-I-E-S dot C-O-M. Great. So, people, you can go people to their website. You can find out where they're playing in support yep. of this brand new record. Are you, are, are you already thinking of the next one? Yeah. We were already working on it. You know how these things go. You you bake the cake and everybody else is eating it, but you want to bake something else. So, we're, we've already started working on a bunch of new songs. You think uh, it's going to be like a probably... continuation of the same thing, or are you guys going to make a departure? I feel like there's still stuff in this vein that we can be mining. And because we all have other projects that we work on, it's kind of okay to keep this in one space. And if I'm doing louder stuff with the Thousand Pities and Speed the Plow is, is a different thing for Ed and Tony and uh, John – there's, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. How the, old's the newer the songs. Person in the band. <laughs> I am the youngest person in the band at fifty-two. Okay. What about meeting somebody younger and them asking you about advice regarding music? Oh, you know, especially now. I, I know so little about. The music business uh, anymore, and I just my said son. Music. I just said music. Just said music. Yeah, I, I would just say, you know what? <laughs> play what moves you. Play what moves you. Find people you love and play with them. Um, playing by yourself is fine. That's and it's great. And but you can. You don't even need audiences if you can find a garage. If you can find a basement where you can play with like-minded souls, I think that's really, really important in general. And in this day and age, I think more important than ever. What, what musicians inspire you? Oh, there's a lot of them, and they they range all over the place. You have pretty eclectic taste yourself. I, I'm a big fan of Miles Davis and John Coltrane, absolutely in that world. My own music probably grows out of uh, a fetishistic love of the Beatles and and, and all of that. Uh, I was absolutely influenced by so much music that was on college radio when I was in college, which would include the Minutemen and Firehose, but also... Yeah, I was a huge fan of game theory. I was a huge, still a huge fan of the Feelies, uh, and they're still making music in in that vein. Game theory uh, was that the guy who? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Scott. So sad, so yeah, tragic. yeah, very, very sad. Well, story. what you're saying uh, is there's a definite connection between people and music. Oh yeah. Okay. Without that's yeah. why I, did, I wanted I you to talk about not lose that business word because of course that's yeah, the reality no. and stuff. But what you said was really good, I thought, Matt. And it's been a big honor and pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing your journey of music with us.
Well, thanks, Mike. I, uh, you know, huge fan of yours. Thanks, and keep on keeping on. Will do. People, it's March 21, 2019 edition of Wap for Pedro Show. Our guest, Matt Davis. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>